breaking news. Thank you for joining us on the special edition of Breaking Bread as we celebrate Black History Month. I'm Terry Page. Today we begin our series on black business ownership as we gain some insight into the economics of this historic month where its once origins can be traced back as far back as 1915. Back then, we were only looking at about a week. It was called Negro History Week and it was the second week of February. This was done to coincide with the birthdays of President Abraham Lincoln and escaped slave activist Frederick Douglass. Members of the black community have made many strides since 1915 from gaining prominence in the world of economics to business ownership. Breaking Bread is proud to offer our series on black business ownership as we celebrate black business history. With me today is the owner and founder of JDR Consulting, Janice Robinson. Janice, welcome to Breaking Bread. Hi, Terry. Thank you for having me. Before we discuss the relationship between Black History Month and black business ownership, Tell me a bit about JDR Consulting and how it fits into the community. Uh, JDR Consulting is a political campaign consulting firm. Um, and what we do is work to help local, statewide, and national candidates get elected who will uphold uh, the voices of, and concerns of everyday people. The concerns of everyday people. So are you thinking that the people are being left out of process or more effort needs to be put into that? Unfortunately, too many times people get elected and um, and they kind of garner the voices, the votes of uh, sometimes the less economically advantaged uh, population. But then their concerns and needs often gets left out of the discussion at the table. And so... Um, I'm concerned that uh, that population, that those people's uh, concerns and voices are uh, upheld at the political table, especially after people get elected. A lot of times when people are looking at a candidate and they're looking at whatever marketing that it might be, uh, maybe a Facebook post or mm -hmm. maybe something on TV or what have you, they're only looking at the candidate. They're not so much looking at maybe the consulting hmm. entity behind that. True. How do you guide your candidates into that type of scope? Well, first of all, is uh, through the selection process. Um, I mean, a lot of people who are thinking about running for office, they <clears throat> try to find consultants. And there are many people out there who uh, they are professional consultants. And then there are people who, um, you know, um, volunteer to be campaign managers and so forth. So that selection process for JDR Consulting, one, one of the things that we do, uh, we, when, when people are, come to us uh, and ask about our working with them on their campaign, one of the first things that we do is have them complete one of our candidate profiles. Uh, we use that uh, to give them a chance to uh, really do some self-thought about what it takes to run for office, why they want to run for office, uh, the resources that they have to run for office. It also gives us a chance to kind of get an idea of who this person is. And if we, uh, we use that then to decide whether or not we're going to take them on as a candidate. It's more of a two-way street. It is for me. <laughs> gotcha. Well, uh, we have a uh, bit going on with the elections. I'm constantly hearing on the news about voter rights and how we just... In fact, we had a show toward the end of last year where we're talking about redistricting. Mm -hmm. Does JDR Consulting have any involvement in this? Well, um, I did. Uh, I do personally. Um, I don't. We don't have any any involvement from a professional standpoint. But personally, I did. Uh, I I 
I did uh, go and, and speak at the, um, <clears throat> the North Carolina legislature during the redistricting process, had hearings all across the state. Uh, there were two hearings here in Charlotte along the process, and I went up and personally spoke. I wanted to voice my concerns uh, about the uh, just the need to make sure the process was available, even the hearing process was available to, you know, to people who had lesser means. I mean, even the location where they had the Charlotte process was out by, out by the airport. Um, CPC campus out by the airport, and and my my thinking was, why not have this at CP, CPCC campus? Uh, downtown in uptown Charlotte. I mean, more people who are, you know, could get there, people would, who don't have cars, you know, people who would have had to take public transportation would have been able to be there to voice their concerns. How far is the airport from uptown Charlotte? <clears throat> oh, gosh, we're mm, probably about 10, 15 miles, I guess. But, you know, but you would have to take a bus out there. And then they had it at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Okay, really? People are in school. Parents are in, their kids are in school. Kids are getting out of school around 3, 3.30. So if I'm a mom, if I'm a single mom, and my kids are getting out of school around 3, 3.30, I got to take a, if I have to take public transportation, I got to take a bus out there, I got my kids. It was obvious that that was set up to not make sure that people who um, were in that population had an opportunity to hear. And I, I said it, I addressed it with them. I shared with them that I felt like they didn't want to hear the voices of that of those people. That's why they had it at three o'clock in the afternoon at CPCC campus out by the airport. What they say? Well, nothing. They weren't taking questions. They were just we were just hearing. They were just hearing comments. But I wanted to get that on the record. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it sounds like on a on a personal level, you get involved with the people side of it as far as voting goes, and on the professional side, it's more candidate oriented. Am I? Well, yeah. I, I I'm a, um, bottom line. I'm a community activist. I'm a community organizer. I've been organizing for years, and so what I I guess what I bring with JDR Consulting, I bring that grassroots activism to campaign consulting. So this is who I am. And so I, I'm about making sure that um, there's equity and fairness in our society. And so I bring that to the table, even when it comes to campaign consulting. You're listening to Breaking Bread. With me today is uh, Janice Robinson of JDR Consulting. Janice, what are some of the challenges you faced during the height of the pandemic? Well, you know, because I started JDR Consulting around this time last year, and because a lot of what I do is virtually, um, so we didn't get hit that much with it. Um, um, one of the campaigns I was working on was out of Norfolk, Virginia, and so a lot of the building of that campaign we were doing virtually. Luckily, around uh, the fall and uh, I guess the late, late summer and early fall is when we kind of had a uh, a waning of the pandemic, and so we were able to go ahead and and work on our in our ground game in Norfolk. We were able to go up there and meet with the local team, um, meet with our volunteers, do some uh, canvassing out in the community, and so so we really hadn't been hit that much. Um, the campaign that we're working on now, um, up at a, helping with a sheriff's race up in uh, Elizabeth City. Uh, we're going to be we're doing a lot of that uh, virtually just in the sense of raising funds and so forth. But I, I will be going up uh, this week to kind of to work on some building some of the grunt, the local team up there. And so, you know, we'll follow the standards, you know, mat, distancing, wearing masks and so forth. So uh, we'll we'll try and get that done while um, um, following those those uh, the CDC guidelines and some of the training. We're going to be doing some voter registration training, too. And so some of that will be done. Um, through uh, Zoom, actually, through virtual, uh, virtually. That way, it's all you get more people included by doing it. 
Correct, correct, and uh, and we and we, go, we constantly monitor, so we want to make sure that we are safe, that with the people that we are engaging with are safe, that our candidate is safe, and um, and so you know you with any business as uh, entrepreneurs know, you have to kind of go with the flow, you know, and you make adjustments as you go along with and day to day adjustments often. I was going to ask you about that as we celebrate Black History Month. What advice would you give other aspiring business owners? Well, you know, um, first of all, um, I think doing something that you're passionate about um, and then being flexible to, um, to change. Uh, <clears throat> when I was first looking at starting a business, I actually uh, spent uh, six months writing a business plan to open up a group home for, uh, I'm an occupational therapist too. So I was going to open up a group home for young adults with acquired disabilities. Um, I spent six months writing a business plan, doing the research, and actually as a result of that research and writing that plan, I, it, was, it became very clear that it wasn't going to be financially feasible to actually open that business. Um, so I had to rethink about, okay, what else would I want to do? Because I was determined to be an entrepreneur. And I thought about what, what is it that I'm passionate about? I'm passionate about politics. I've been doing this as a volunteer for five years. So, um, so I sat down with some uh, consultants, professional consultants that I knew, and asked them about how they were doing this business, uh, how they were making money at it, what was involved. And it's funny, a couple of them said to me they were surprised I weren't already getting paid for some of this work. And so, so if you're starting a business, first of all, you want to think about what you're passionate about you know do the do the research you know don't just go into it blindly too many times uh, i think people don't write a business plan i was advised to do that by the charlotte business women's business center they gave me the outline i wrote it and uh and i tell you i'm convinced now you got to do a business plan and so uh and then do what you what you what you are passionate about and then and then just go for it that makes know? sense it's like you need to know where your goals are where you plan to take your business yeah, you do. And especially if you're looking at trying to get money from other sources. You know, if you're going to be going out for loans or grants, you're going to have to have a business plan. But <clears throat> what I found for me, it was really just helpful for me and just being becoming realistic about the business, what was going to be involved. And so I, I am a, I'm sold on writing business plans. <laughs> well, as a fellow business owner, I can co-sign on that. It's important <laughs> to have that outline and yeah. to know exactly where you're yeah. going. yeah. Before we go today, if I'm a candidate and I'm in need of your services, how do I find you? Well, just go to JaniceDRobinson.com. Again, that's Janice, D as in dog, Robinson, R-O-B-I-N-S-O-N.com. That's our website. Janice D. Robinson, thank you for joining us today. <laughs> I'm breaking bread. You're welcome, Terry. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Breaking Bread is a production of Artists for the People. Follow us on Twitter at Breaking Bread 101. That's Break, the letter N is November, Bread 101. Or catch us on Instagram, Breaking Bread Podcast. Check us out on Facebook or visit our website, breakingbread.biz. Our YouTube channel at Breaking Bread 101 features a daily fact about African American achievements. Give us a listen on Spotify, Apple Podcasts app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Our theme music was composed by Ludwig Van Beethoven. Breaking Bread was created by Terry Page. Join us one week from today when we sit down with record store owner Peyton Stewart as Breaking Bread celebrates Black History Month. Success is when opportunity meets preparation. 
Until next time.